What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the First in Tech podcast. I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Camden Spate. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Jay Cacavaro. And I'm Video Editor Jalen Harrington. And we're back with some NC State football talk. Going to go through the Wake Forest game coming up this weekend. But first, like we will every episode, we're going to talk about something else from the sports world. Might have two uh, topics today. First, former NC State quarterback Ryan Finley is going to get the start. For the Bengals over Andy Dalton. Seems like that was kind of in the works maybe for a couple weeks with Andy Dalton struggling. And, uh, you know, Ryan Finley, maybe not the flashiest guy, but, you know, for the most part, at NC State at least, he moved the ball down the field slowly and got the job done. So what do you guys think about that that change? Yeah, I'm excited for him. I think he'll be all right. Like, I don't think he'll go in there and stink up the joint. I mean, Andy Dalton struggled, but Andy Dalton also likes to take risks. Ryan Finley is the most risk-averse quarterback I think I've ever watched. And I think that's what the Bengals need right now. He's got some weapons around him. Tyler Boyd is a good receiver. Um, he's got Joe Mixon, who's a pretty good running back. Gio Bernard from UNC, he's a good third down back. He's got guys to get the ball to, get the ball in his playmaker's hands, let them make the plays. Um, I think they'll be cautious with him. I don't think he'll go out there and throw the ball 35 times, but I think he'll be efficient. Um, he was pretty good in the preseason efficient didn't average a whole lot of yards per attempt but high completion percentage and didn't turn the ball over much um I'm, I'm excited for him i'm happy for him um i hope he does well so that they stick with him for the future I, this could be andy dalton's last season with the Bengals, and which means ryan finley would take over and I, i've got high hopes for him high expectations yeah no i think giving him that bye week to give him some time to you know really have an extra six days or seven days to prepare for the you know, the Ravens. That was a really smart decision from Cincinnati's coaching staff. Um, but to be completely honest, I saw the news and I immediately went and grabbed the Ravens defense um, <laughs> because I think they might have a pretty good day against a rookie getting his first start of the year. Um, you know, I think Ryan's going to have, you know, his rough moments as he, you know, takes over the job. But I think he could end up being, you know, an Alex Smith light, you know, at best. And I think he'll be kind of a lower-tier starter in the NFL. You know, the the Bengals were 0-8. They are 0-8. It, they needed to change something. And, you know, as much as Andy Dalton has performed well in his career, there is also just as many times where he really has not. And I think that was, this is kind of a change that was necessary and, you know, coming for Ryan, for Ryan Finley. And, you know, I hope Andy Dalton... I think he probably has a chance somewhere else to, you know, get another job, maybe not as a starter immediately, but to work his way back into a starting role, maybe. But I'm glad I'm happy for Ryan Finley. I think he's going to do well. Will he be able to stay in that spot for a long period of time, maybe the rest of the season? But, you know, when it comes to the next couple of years, is he a long term answer? Not really sure, but I'm glad that he's going to get at least get a chance to start and show what he can do at the next level. So. But uh, Jalen, you had another topic you wanted to touch just real quick. Right, right. So going from kind of the outputs of what, you know, a college program will put out, you know, going to the inputs, the players that colleges bring in. Um, three big things happened with NC State's two, uh, 2020 recruiting class over the last month or so, two over the last week or so. Um, three decommitments, three big decommitments. Nate McCollum, a slot receiver, was slated to pay to play baseball and football at NC State. Um, one of the best players in State's recruiting class, decommitted from State, is now going to Georgia Tech. Um, you got Steven Gosnell, who 
was coming to NC State, and now he's flipped. He's going to UNC. You've got Jonathan Adorno, an offensive guard, one of the best in the state. Um, he's flipped to UNC. So two key pieces of state's recruiting class have now flipped and gone to UNC. You know, back is back is gaining some traction even among NC State's recruiting class. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, obviously that's not good. Right. Those right. three players themselves, but I think that that theme that if that trend continues, then that is a major problem. Right. That's negative momentum. I mean, I haven't checked the rankings of state's recruiting class that much recently, but around when the season started, they were in the thirties, you know, 31, 32. Now they're 43, you know, now the class ranks eight in the ACC rather than being one of the top, you know, three, four. Um, That's not good. Now the good thing is, Dave Doran has shown that he can develop lower-rated players. That's not going to be a problem. That's but, what I was about to say is that like he's been able to develop players, right. but you still want the best inputs that you can get. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, losing these top players, they saw Porter Rooks, who is one of the best wide, receiver, wide receivers in the country, to be fair. Um, but losing these key players, you know, it takes you from, okay, let's develop these guys into starters and, you know, be a solid team. And, you know, the mindset previously was we're going to keep on going up, going up, getting better players and making the team better each year. You know, it's a reset of expectations. And, you know, maybe this team isn't going to be as good in the future as we expected going in. Well, you know, we'll see what happens with the next couple of years in recruiting. Hopefully that theme doesn't continue for NC State fans sake. Right. And. You know, the whole Mac is back thing has certainly gained a little bit of traction within the state. Yeah. At who, least if if not nationally. Yeah, who knows? Maybe if state beats UNC, they flip right back. Yeah, well, yeah. well let's hope that. But <laughs> 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 let's move on to uh, some current NC State players. And the pack traveling to Wake Forest, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, on Saturday, noon game. A really good Wake Forest team. They're 6-1. and one. Only loss was to Louisville in a 62-59 to loss. That was at home. Jake, you'll be traveling to Winston-Salem for the game. And what's really going to be interesting is to watch this Wake Forest offense and first seeing if NC State's defense can bounce back after a poor showing last week. And to see if, you know, Devin Leary can hang with, with the offense of Wake Forest. Yeah, and I don't think, I mean, I think the short answer to that is no. I don't think they will be able to hang with the offense. Um, I think what will help Devin Leary is Wake Forest isn't the best defensive team by any means. I mean, they let up 35 to Utah State. They let up 21 to Rice. They let up 24 to Boston College. Let up, Like you said, 62 to Louisville. They let up points, and I think that'll help Devin Leary a little bit. I think there are worse there are there are better defenses more tough defenses that wouldn't be less than ideal to get your first start against i think wake forest is towards the top of the list of acc opponents who it's not bad to get your first start against um with two weeks to prepare which i think that'll be huge i think he'll be able to put up points problem is i don't think he'll be able to put up points at the same rate that the defense is letting up points right i mean you got a defense who they're just absolutely reeling from you know injuries you know, in the secondary, you're starting a safety, a converted safety. You're moving him back to cornerback and Devon Graves. You know, Devon Graves has to go up against Sage Surratt this week. <laughs> That's a tough assignment for a player who has gone from corner 
to safety, now moving back more to what should be his more natural position. Now he's going up against one of the best wide receivers in the ACC. I mean, that's tough. And I don't know. I mean, you can't really expect much from this defense outside of the linebacking core because there's been so much turmoil at every position group. And it's just... You know, the most that they can do is put up a decent fight and hope that Devin Leary can pull some magic and, you know, create turnovers. Turnovers are going to be the biggest thing because State's going to need a way to bend and not break. They're going to give up yards, but if they can stop Wake Forest from getting into the end zone, they've got a shot. I think what will help is Jamie Newman's hurt, and he's going to play in this game, but he missed the last game. He is not, like, he's not okay. His shoulder's hurt. Yeah. I think it's his it's his left shoulder, so not his throwing shoulder. But when a quarterback has a shoulder injury like that, when they have an, an injury to their arm, to their upper body, they're hesitant. They don't want to take hits. Right. They, they, they make decisions that they normally wouldn't make. And I do think if the defense can force Jamie Newman into a couple turnovers or can f- force him into a couple interceptions or f- make him fumble, right. I think they can capitalize on that if they get, get good field position. But the biggest issue is just NC State's secondary has been ravaged by injury. Yeah. And Wake Forest, obviously as Surratt, but has two other really good receivers in Scotty Washington and Kendall Hinton, and I just don't see how we're gonna how NC State's gonna be able to stay with them. That's the only problem. Is I think I think if if the corners can stay with them, right, and you can make Jamie Newman have to make decisions and go to a second, third read, I think you'll be okay. But if those receivers are running open, which they tend to do. I think it's going to be really tough for the defense. Well, that's the issue. I mean, State's calling card this year, you know, has been their pressure they get into the backfield. You know, last week they played a team that's top 10 in sacks allowed, you know, a great offensive line in Boston College. Now they're going up against Wake, who is 17th in the country in sacks allowed. So another good offensive line, a team that's good at protecting their quarterback, you know, State's going to have to get there. It it doesn't really matter how however many people you have to send, they're going to have to get bodies on uh, Jamie Newman. You know, that's really the only option because you can't sit back and expect Devon Graves and Malik Dunlap, who <laughs> came into the year as the number six corner. You just can't, like, you can't yeah. expect them to lock these guys down. That's just not fair to them. It's by no fault of their own right, either. They weren't right. supposed to be in this role. Exactly. You know, it's crazy to say it's gotten to this point, but that's where they are. And they really have to just send pressure. That's got to be the calling card for this game. Um, and just hope that it can be like the Syracuse game where – you know, they hit Tommy DeVito a couple times, and he just didn't want to play anymore. You know, yeah. that's where you've got to hang your hat for this game. And I think the NC State the NC State receivers have to get open. It yeah. can't be only Thayer Thomas that consistently gets open. Yeah. You need a, a Mecca Amezi to get open. You need t- a Tabari Hines revenge game? Maybe? <laughs> Maybe? It's, it's Thayer Thomas throwing the ball, <laughs> yeah, not getting yeah, open. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and Devin Carter stepped up last week a little bit, and I think that, you know, I think that Devin Leary really likes throwing to him. So that might, you know, emerge as another option as opposed to Thayer so that he has more places where he feels comfortable going with the ball. I want to say, hey, NC State's coming off a bye week. You know, the team is rested, but so is Wake Forest. So I guess it really doesn't matter. Another thing is, well, this is Wake Forest's third straight home game. They've been in Winston-Salem for a long time. So they're, you know, nice and comfortable, I guess, if you want to say that way. But, you know, against... Boston College, NC State gave up, what was it, 429 rushing yards? It, it was a lot. Does a Wake lot. Forest have that running game that, you know, there's potential there for for their, you know, for that rushing game to be successful against NC State, or is it not as strong as maybe Boston College's was? They, not, not really, yeah, I would say. I would say they average 156 rushing yards per right. game, but in college football, that's not like 
the elite of the elite by any means. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a stud running back. They spread it out. It's very much running back by committee. I mean, they've got three different players who have at least 275 rushing yards. Um, no one has more than 351. So they don't have a bell cow. It's kind of riding the hot hand. So they don't have someone that they're just going to feed consistently like Boston College did with A.J. Dillon. And um, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. I am as well. I'm sorry. Yeah, but... So if NC State can oh David Bailey yeah there David Bailey if any if NC State can kind of first possession to shut down that running game, I, it's not like they're going to keep it's not like they're going to stick with it. Yeah. They'll just air it out if they have to. Wake Forest is not if they they have no commitment to the running game, so I don't think they'll get. I think the problem will be containing Jamie Newman, yeah. and I do think with the shoulder injury, I think he'll be less inclined to run. So I don't think that'll be as big of an issue as it was against Boston College. But I mean, anytime you let up over 400 rushing yards, it there's a problem, and that problem could bite it right in, bite NC State right in the butt again right. Saturday. I mean, looking looking at Wake Forest rankings, you know, the seventh in the nation in passing yards, 37th in rushing yards, so pretty good rushing the ball. But I think they run after they've set up the pass. Yeah. You know, it's kind of that as opposed to a more Boston College offense where they run and then they'll pass after that. Um, so I think NC State will probably be able to shut down the running game. It's just that, okay, you shut down the running game, but they really like passing. And passing is where they're comfortable. So it's not a great matchup in terms of NC State's defense against their offense. But I'm looking at NC State's like game notes right now, and one thing that's popping out to me is NC State has had the most starters this year in the entire NCAA, 38. Uh, you got Oregon State and Georgia Tech right behind them at 37, Tennessee and Colorado at 36. That just screams out to me because, you know, that's insane. You've got 22 guys at the start of the year that you're really comfortable with, you think you can win with those guys, and because of injuries, because of— It's like a whole new team at that right. point. I mean, it's just—that's hard <laughs> for a coaching staff to constantly— and for the other players to constantly have to deal with— new guys in and out of the lineup, injuries, and, you know, that's really going to be tough to overcome for NC State. Yeah, I keep looking at it, like, as you said, Jalen, on that level where Wake Forest likes to pass the ball and NC State's strength is rushing defense, well, we assumed it was, and then, you know, Boston College ran for, you know, 500 yards, but I don't like the matchup at all there, and Wake Forest not only prefers to pass they're a very good passing team and they've shown that week after week only one loss and jake like you said before we started the podcast if it wasn't for that one loss against louisville like wake forest has nc state and then at virginia tech virginia tech's not that good this year and then clemson they i mean the deacons could have been you know could have been undefeated going into the clemson game and you know potentially looking at one of the big bowls yeah i mean if if i told you just Blind resume, two teams going into this game. One team has a banged-up quarterback but a great passing attack going up against a ravaged defense and an offense that has been inept for most of the year. Do you take Wake Forest nine times out of ten to win this game? And I think Wake Forest is just on another level than NC State this year. They're on a one of the best teams in the ACC level, and State's just trying to burst through the middle of the ACC. Yeah, you look at the game like – do you expect Devin Leary to just kind of sling it? Like, I feel like in this game, like coming into this, I want to see first what Devin Leary can do just 
throw in the ball. Right. And he's going to have to do that a lot against Wake Forest offense, you know, to keep up. I feel like, you know, NC State might come out really aggressive in this game, knowing they're on the road against a ranked team, kind of a new quarterback, you know, the whole thing going on there. You know, maybe Leary kind of has some confidence going into this one, you know, but I feel like if I was Dave Doran, I would be playing very aggressive with the pass early in the game. I w- yeah. I would be shocked if there's not a trick play in the first quarter. Oh, like, yeah. they're going to come out. I think I remember it was, I believe it was two years ago, uh, Clemson at home, a night game. They broke out a trick play. I think it went for, it didn't go for a touchdown, but went for a big gain in the first quarter. Yeah. Like, Dave Doran, I mean, obviously he doesn't call the plays on offense. But he likes to do that early. Like he likes and Wake Forest, the, the crowd. It's a, it's a noon game, but the crowd the crowd's going to be into it because it's a in state rival. Right. If you can take the crowd out early with the big play, I think that would be huge to kind of calm Leary down. And I think Doran will try to do something like that. But I do think the game plan. I think if it all goes to script how Doran would like, they're not going to re- have to rely on Leary. But I mean. There's nothing Dave Doran coached teams like to do more than abandon the run after the first quarter. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't throw in the ball 40 times. Well, they struggled with the run recently. And I think if you're asking me what since he stays path to victory, it's got to be slinging the ball. You need big plays. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if NC State got a wheel route going to Keon Lassane early to try and hit a big one deep. I mean, because. You have to show the defense that you can pass the ball, you can pass it deep, and you will hurt them deep. And then everything else will open up. You know, the run game will all of a sudden be there once you show them that you can pass that ball deep. And I think I think Leary's ready. I think that NC State's coaching staff made sure to wait and made sure specifically not to play him until he was ready. I think they knew he was the guy. Just me. I can't back that up with anything I've seen, but I think they knew that he was the guy. And they had to wait and make sure that he could handle it and not throw him out there too soon. I think this is his moment, and I think he knows that he can go out there and play. I think he'll have a good game. You think he was the? They knew he was the guy from the beginning. I'm not gonna sit here and say he was like head and shoulders above everybody, but I think they knew. I feel like maybe if you put him at backup, but you put him at third string, like he was the third guy. He was the third option to begin the year. Well, we can also go through the politics of you had a guy transfer from Florida State in to play here. He Bailey Hockman thought he was going to start immediately. You don't transfer into a program without thinking that. That's true. So if Bailey Hockman transferred in, you know, he was going to get his shot just because what's he going to do, transfer again? He burned, he redshirted at JUCO so that he could come to NC State and play. You know, but I think even if Leary wasn't head and shoulders above everybody, the coaching staff knew his potential and they knew once he got it going what he could be. And then they threw him out there a little bit against Boston College and he showed that he could. Once that happened, it was over. You know, Le- Leary's going to start for the rest of the year as long as he's healthy, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. I, I think even if he does poorly, yeah. I think he's starting. They're, they're not going to go from first on the depth chart to second to third, back to first or back to second. Like, yeah. it's it. It's it's Leary or nothing. And they're not putting Thayer Thomas in for good. <laughs> All right, outside of Devin Leary, who what player on the offensive side of the ball has to have a big game for NC State to come away with this one? Name one player. On offense? Yeah. Well, give me on both if you have one. On both? Yeah. Um, on offense, I'll say Zonovan Knight. Um, Where's the, he been? I feel like he's been kind of quiet. He, he, I'm not sure how healthy he is. You know, he's still got that hamstring. And Jordan Houston's been playing really well. But 
if Zonovan Knight can bust a couple big runs, if he can kind of return to where he was at the first two, three games of the year, you know, for that to happen, NC State will have to be passing well. But just to have that balance between the two sides of passing and running the ball, that'll be huge for NC State. Um, if we want to go to defense, Devon Graves at corner. You know, you're moving a guy who came to NC State as an athlete, played corner for NC State. You know, you move them to safety. You're moving him back to corner. Now he's your number one corner because of injuries. He's got to have a great game against Sage Surratt. I'm going to say on offense, I think I think Emeka Mezzi needs to have a big game because I, I I don't think they're going to – I don't Thayer Thomas isn't the guy that's going to get you 120 receiving yards. Yeah. I mean, Emeka Mezzi going into the season was the number one guy. I, I think he needs to have a big game because if he has a big game, it means the passing game is at least clicking a little bit. Um, on defense, I'm going to go with Lua Seuss because if he can be disruptive in the backfield right. – like, Wake Forest doesn't throw to their running backs at all. So it's he's not going to have that responsibility in the passing game. I think he's going to have free reign to blitz the quarterback, especially knowing Jamie Newman's hampered a little bit. So I think if Lua Seuss can get a, a couple sacks, maybe a tackle for a loss or two, I think that means he's being disruptive in the backfield. And I think that could I think that's the key to maybe slowing down Wake Forest. So I'll, I'll go with Emeka Mezzi and Lua Seuss. I'm going to go with Tabari Hines. I just feel like you have to give him the ball. I mean, yeah. he's just so explosive. He's, he's fast. You have to get him the ball. You have to get your playmakers the ball. I like Amezi, too. I think if he has a big game, that's going to open up a lot of doors. Um, on the defense side of the ball, I think you just insert defensive linemen here. Like, <laughs> if if there's a defensive lineman yeah. that really has a good game, merch. then I think this— Yeah, Merch. Merch. And then I think this game is much closer than it could be because with, with a banged-up quarterback— in, at Wake Forest, you just have to get pressure on him. You have to make him feel uncomfortable and make him think about the injury, make him just like want to get rid of the ball faster than he than he needs to. And that's going to be kind of a key there. Last thing, I want to go through your prediction, score prediction for this game. So, Jalen, if you're ready, what is your score prediction at Wake Forest? I'm going to go... Oh, wow. I'm going to go 35-21 Wake. Okay, I'm going to go 42-24 Wake Forest. Mm. I'm going to go a little bit closer. I'm going to go somewhere like 31 to like 24. I think it's like I think it's about where the line is. The line's at seven and a half. I think that's probably about right. That's kind of where I'm leaning. I think so. other than the easy non-power five schools, I think our predictions have been wrong in each in each <laughs> one. I think we picked the wrong team in each one. I picked NC Wait, State for our predictions. Yeah, no, we picked. Wait, we picked Florida State, right? We were close on Florida State. I think we thought NC State was going to win. Maybe that, maybe that one was State. close. <laughs> but I know we all picked NC State over Boston College. And now we're all picking smart. Wake Forest. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe the reverse luck. Maybe we're going to reverse jinx it and NC State pulls it out. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> reverse, reverse of everything we ever say. Exactly. All right. I think that's all we got for you guys today. Make sure to... Go back and look at our podcast from this week, a uh, non-revenue sports out and basketball also out this week. So make sure you go listen to that, get caught up on all NC State stuff. Until next time, I'm your host, technician sports editor Camden Spate. I'm assistant sports editor Jake Cacavara. And I'm video editor Jalen Harrington. And we'll see you guys next week.